This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Dystopical. Um, Katie and I are in the studio this evening with a couple of amazing musicians. So it's going to be a really great show, a little bit different from our usual style. We're calling it Dystopical Unplugged. It actually looks like a music factory in here tonight. <laughs> I'm quite happy to be here. I know. There's musicians. <laughs> there's actual instruments. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> Makes me jealous. All right. So hello, Leah. Hello, Jen. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, Katie, you want to tell us a little bit about who we've got in the studio this evening? Alrighty, I'm going to start off with Leah. <laughs> He's Leah blushing has, already. Leah's got her hands <laughs> over her eyes. Little Leah and I grew up together. Um, we've known each other for a very, very long time. She's kind of part of my family. And um, I love her dearly and I love her music dearly and it's been such a wonderful experience to see her grow from the little kid trying to play her father's guitar and our family gatherings. That's not condescending at all. To actually... <laughs> oh, she was so cute though. So cute. And um, to the wonderful woman that she is uh, now with two beautiful kids and an amazing artist. So welcome, Leah. And Thank later we'll ask you about how you juggle all of it, the, the musicianness, the motherhoodness. But yeah. She's like the juggler of the century, <laughs> this woman. And to my right, we have Jane, Jane Lilford, who has recently dun, 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 been on The X Factor, Jane. Yes. I have been on the yes. like we'll, an experience that was. I can only imagine. We'll talk about that a bit later. Um, Jane is an up-and-coming artist who's launching herself in Melbourne over and over again and um, will be playing at a few places around and is definitely a name to look out for. Luckily enough for us tonight and for you guys out there, we have the girls, they're actually playing live in the studio tonight, which is something we haven't done on Dystopical, so it could go really well. Or, or it could go really, really wrong. It's, it's actually going to go. be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's not going to be mediocre. No, not at all. We don't do mediocre here. We either do it really good or really wrong. Um, so um, I guess we'll kick off with um, – you can contact us with the show and let us know if you like what you're hearing. Uh, you can text us on 0427JOY949. Or you can Facebook us at Dystopical, which is D-Y-S-T-O-P-I-C-A-L. Or you can email us at one of our 4,000 email addresses. I'll give you two of them. Dear.dystopical at gmail.com or dystopical at joy.org.au. That's right. So if you want to know um, where these women are playing at some point, if you want to know how to get a hold of their music, or if you want to tell us about your own musical experiences, whatever they might be, um, get in touch with us. But before we start talking to the girls about their music, uh, we've just got a couple of songs for you. Okay, welcome back to Dystopical. Um, first up there, we had Angus and Julia Stone's cover of You're the One That I Want. That was amazing. It- I thought it was really good. It is a beautiful song. Um, I think it's a much better one than the original. Basically tonight um, with the music that I'm doing, I've done a bit of a mix up with people covering other people's songs that are a little bit to the different side. And the second one was um, Romeo and Juliet, which was actually by Lisa Mitchell, the original by Dire Straits. Segway into Jane sitting on my right over here. (laughs) Lisa Mitchell grew up not far from you. Yeah, Aubrey. Yeah, that right? that's yeah, right. I'd forget a memory then. She did too. How good was my segue? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
It's country girls, see? Yeah. So you grew up where? Uh, Kyabram. Yeah, look at I don't think I've ever been there or close to it. <laughs> even. Well, I actually had to Google where it was. <laughs> well, my girlfriend's sitting next to me going, oh, Kyabram. And then um, they think Cobram. And it's sort of if you go smack bang between Shepherd and Achuka. This is it. My girlfriend goes to Achuka every year and she's like, oh, yeah, I've camped at Kyabram, but I didn't remember. So <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show how memorable it is. Um, so, how, how did you get started out in Kyabram? Uh, well, you know, being a singer now, it was always something that was really natural. Yeah. So it really didn't matter where I grew up, I think. It was just something that came through me. Yeah. Um, and saying that, even though it's a small town, the possibilities inside that town are huge. Yeah. So there's a the singing school that I, I taught at, which also teaches guitar, anything that you can think of yep. really within the performing arts. Was yep. it encouraged at the school that you, you know, went to, do they foster musicians and, you know, music and all that kind of stuff or was it? Not pretty- particularly. Mm. It was just if you have a talent, yep. then they'll, you know, hone in on you, but yep. not specifically music. Mm. So... You know, with that, there'd be productions and then I would never have to audition for anything, which really sucked, you know, because a yeah. lot of it was like, you're the one singer in our school, <laughs> so let's work with you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, tiny town, but really a lot, a lot of talent comes out of it. Yeah. So there's Ryan Meeking. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. He's from Kyabram as well. Mm. He's doing a really good job at the moment of getting out there. Ryan, and I believe that you started a band while you were in Kyabram, if my research yes, serves me you well. you are onto it. Mate, I, I, I'm onto you. <laughs> You. Um, so how did you go with the band? You guys got a bit of Triple J on Earth yeah, action really going good. on. Yep. It was very um, fast. You know, it was sort of like I, I, they were great friends of mine. They were called Suspender, but Suspend Her yep. was the name. Um, I had a couple of originals that were sort of empty, yep. which just with me and the guitar. So I went, Let, let's do this band thing. Yep. Quickly, sort of the first four songs that we wrote went one, two, and three on Unearth yep. and mm. sort of had this really quick – and then fizzled out sort of career. The way the biz goes. So, oh, isn't it just? <laughs> you know, you've got to feel your way through things. Yeah. It was fantastic. I'd never worked in a band before. Yeah. Um, and the two boys, they're in another band called Black Acid. Now, they're really um, metal orientated. Yeah. Fantastic at that. Yeah. So there was sometimes a clash, but then sometimes yeah. that acoustic with this sort of metal-y sound was a, a little bit different. Bit of a mash. Yeah, it was a mash. So, yeah, yeah it, w- it was good while it lasted and, like I yeah. said, a really good learning curve and I love all the guys dearly. But And then the, I moved to Melbourne, so the travelling back for two and a half hours yeah. was just mm. not happening. Mm. Going back to Coabrum for yeah. a weekend. So did, did, did you move to Melbourne to, you know, to sort of make um, a move on your mu- musical career? Yeah, absolutely. It, it got to the point where it was like there's only so many gigs that you can do around the area that you live in. Before. So many locals. Yeah, before you're sort yeah. of doing the same places and you're not really getting anywhere people yeah. love it you know because yeah. they're all keen down there for anything mm-hmm. but um melbourne was throwing ourselves into the real world yeah you know which obviously didn't work for the band yeah um but i stayed yeah that's and cool. have continued to try and just push my own do your own thing push there. your own yeah. boundaries yeah so what have you what have you been doing lately and has your music sort of changed from from the move i think uh lately i've been really trying to concentrate on myself as an artist and what what I am. I sort of write uh, really sparse so I can go from like a poppy sort of song to something acoustic and I've found it hard for myself trying to find my niche, where exactly I fit. Mm. So, you know, I'm still working through that and um, X Factor was a little bit of a way to throw myself into the industry to see if I like that and – then maybe come back to myself and find out what what's real about me and what yeah. I want to take from that experience to 
yeah. become a better artist. That's fantastic. Are yeah. we allowed to talk about the X Factor? Oh, we'll, look, we can have a chat. It's part of who we I am, will. Right? So, so we will. Yeah, yeah we will. I reckon oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, uh, Leah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Leah was not born in Kyabram. No. Do you want to tell us a little bit about where you were born, Leah? I was born in Tuvalu, which Ooh. is north of Fiji in the Pacific, and uh, it's got a tiny population of about 12,000 people. Is that smaller than Kyabram? <laughs> Um, I, do you know, did you have, sorry, research lady. What's the? Do you know what my girlfriend turned around to me today and said? You should tell. You should research what the population of Kyabram is. And I'm like, don't be a moron. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting at home going, oh, I told you. <laughs> so gr- grew up in Tuvalu, and then how old were you when you came over here? I was two when I first came here, yep. and then I went back when I was six and did a year of primary school there. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Remember that well. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty devastating when I left. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was devastated. Um, and your parents, so musical background? Uh, my dad plays and my brother Your dad plays what? Play. He plays guitar yep. and sings. Yep. And I guess when I go to Tuvalu and say I sing, they're like, so what? Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone sings. There, are, sings there are a lot of places where everyone just sings yeah. or plays yeah. a musical instrument. Yeah. It's just really, it's really um, cool. It's like breathing. Yeah, yeah, whereas coming from my very white family in Australia, it was so exciting to have Lee and her family over for our family <laughs> gatherings. When Coletta walked through the door with his guitar, everyone would get so excited <laughs> and thinking, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, a bit of background on you. Um, tell me about the Apollo Bay Music Festival. We're going uh, back a bit here. Wow. I've done a bit of research on oh, you, Leah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So you won so a few awards there, didn't you? I did. I think when I was... Maybe 14 and 15? Yep. And one back-to-back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, songwriters award one Songwriter and performance award, I believe. I love the I fact d- that I, I know love and you, you know, know more about me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the best stalker ever. <laughs> in, a, in a non-creepy I've way. I've seen Not videos. <laughs> We're family, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I did. I actually won a great prize. I won... Um, I think a thousand dollar voucher for a music store in Geelong, and I bought yeah. my first guitar, a little baby body Fender. I was, I was pretty happy with that. Cool. How old were you when you first picked up the guitar? Because I know Coletta, your father, was a massive influence. Uh, just probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah, I remember playing guitar in the school band when I was probably 12. Yeah. That was probably the first time I performed. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And how did you know that was going to be something that, or did you know at that point that's something you really wanted to pursue? She Um, was destined, trust me. I think (laughs) it just seemed like a really normal thing to me. It wasn't that big a deal. But uh, when I was 12, I went to the Port Ferry Folk Festival and I (sighs) saw Arnie DeFranco play and also the Waifs and they were really young and... um, uh, Titus and a few other amazing, yeah. amazing bands. And Many a good year had I there. just went home and went, right, that's that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So yeah. when I was 12, I just decided that it was definitely going to be part of more, – more. it was the songwriting that really yeah. captured me. And since then, I've been writing songs. And you've, uh, like, you've changed so much of, as an artist. Like You've released an album. You it went changed. overseas. <laughs> you have. You released an album. You went overseas. Do you, I did. Was it in the UK that you recorded your I album? Did. Yes. 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 And you love that album now. Oh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I went over, I was 
probably 21 when yep. I went over and I dragged my young family over. My younger girl, my older girl was 18 months in. And um, yeah, it was really, it was a really good lesson in just sort of, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty easygoing and yeah. <laughs> learning that my music isn't something I can be really easygoing about yep. was a pretty big and expensive lesson. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I definitely know what I want now. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I've heard some of your new stuff that you let me listen to in the back in the beer garden the other week, and I was only allowed to listen <laughs> to about ten seconds of each yeah. song in a I headphone because she got a bit shy. Um, now, can I just ask you about something? Look, I know that you are really passionate about the environment. You're a very easygoing girl, and there was quite a big stage there for a year or so where you were constantly Facebook updating about the environment campaigning, and campaigning yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a bit about, I know that you actually met and you opened for the um, Shared Nobel Priest Prize winner and Australian of the Year, Professor Peter Doherty, in the um, Festival of Ideas for Climate Change and Cultural Change. I think it was in 2006, according yeah. to my research, yep. which I saw the video of today. It's actually a really good lecture, guys, out there. Um, it's pretty amazing. How was that? to play to such a different audience like kids they were suits uh yeah I'm really intimidated by suits um and also uh academics so yeah. it was pretty full-on and um I guess when I was doing a lot of environmental stuff I'm a really palatable small brown yeah you know very good English yeah <laughs> you know I I kind of am a sort of great candidate for being the poster child for, yeah. you know, uh, climate change. And I sort of enjoyed that for a while yeah. and then I sort of didn't enjoy it quite so much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, they th- – it was it was a pretty amazing experience and yeah. the talks that were given that night were incredible. Yeah, Pete's talk and was amazing. Yeah. And he's a pretty laid-back guy. Oh, like, so yeah. lovely. Yeah. yeah. He's I, pretty big in the I was – I had sweat dripping out of my palms. I was sitting backstage with him. They were all drinking champagne and yeah. this is like – the dean chancellor yeah, the, whatever yeah. all the top yeah. you know people from melbourne uni and yeah it was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> but you got through and i did you i'm sure you did an amazing she, the, the song that you sang was beautiful um should we cut to a few mm. more songs and when we come back we're going to get the girls to play a couple or jane's going to play a live song and leah's going to play a couple tonight so and we'll still keep interrogating you about your lives definitely so don't worry. It, it's not over quite yet can we before we go for in yeah. can we send out um, send out a heartfelt hug to Kat, who's not with us tonight. Yes, of who's course. sitting at home, moping on the bed, feeling sick and sorry for herself. So, Kat, don't worry, Farine got the trap. <laughs> and um, we hope you get better. All right, awesome. Now, we're just going to... Oh, you're going to introduce the music after this. Oh, right. Yeah, I'll do it after. Of course, of course. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome back to Dystopical. Um, first up there, we had... I just have to remember. Um, Are You That Somebody, which is uh, a cover by The Gossip um, and originally done by Aaliyah, who was the artist that was tragically killed in a plane crash. Yeah, well, a while ago, actually. Yeah, it was, it? it was quite a few years ago. And the second song was Addicted to Love, of course, um, the original by Robert Palmer, but that was actually by Florence and the Machine, which oh. had everyone in here guessing 
who it was because it sounded so familiar. You got some really interesting songs with some great cover artists. You're on fire tonight. I, I am on fire tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I right. like to impress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, everyone out there, we are lucky enough to have two beautiful ladies in the studio, Jane and Leah. Um, Jane's going to perform for us now. Jane, do you want to tell us what the song's about mm-hmm. that you're going to perform? Uh, the song that I'll be singing is called San Francisco, which is quite um, explanatory of what the song is about. Uh, but I wrote the song with the intention of I'm going to San Francisco next year. Mm. I don't particularly know why. It's just been something that uh, is like a calling. I think I feel really um, rooted to the 60s and that sort of thing. I think it's the hub of where it all started to happen. Yeah, yeah. I sort of want to throw caution to the wind and stand on the corner of the Castro with my little hat and play my songs and, you know, just just be a f- flower child for a whole of, like, two weeks, if that, and then come back. Going to get your flares on. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, why don't I rock that look? Um, but, no, I'm excited about it. And I think so, – so I just wrote the song really just going off that, that feeling. How long ago did go. you write this song? Probably about – Maybe three or four months ago, just yep. before everything happened with X Factor because I should be in San Francisco yep. now. So everything went on hiatus and yep. um, me and my partner decided that both that's where we need to be. And then I just sort of just came up with the song. It wasn't anything I tried to do and it was probably something that I'd usually put in a, in a backlog of my music. Yep. But um, it seems to people like it, I think, because it's, it's quite warm opposed to some of the more emotional stuff that I do sing. Cool. Well, yeah. we're ready to hear it. So right, everybody, this is Jane Lilford doing San Francisco. San Francisco I'm coming Some say I'm running But it's only to myself San Francisco I'm hoping you'll save me Or somehow just make me Cause I'm needing your Your help And my bags are all packed At least the ones in my mind And I'm running to you Cause I can't deny San Francisco I'm coming home to you San Francisco, I know you're still waiting to free my soul and your being, but first I gotta do it myself, now I'm warming up to the feeling, and I'm lost in the of the realest thing I've felt And my bags are all packed At least the ones in my mind And I'm running to you Cause I can't deny A city that speaks like a ghost in my mind And I'd do anything for 
wasting time in San Francisco. In San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm, I'm coming home to you. Brilliant. That was such a surreal experience having live music in the studio. I know, it really was. Thank you so Thanks. much, Jane. Oh, that was problem. absolutely beautiful. Thank you for letting me have a sing of one of my little songs. <laughs> Do you feel like your nerves have gone now? Oh, no. I feel like, you know, once you, which you'd understand as an artist too, once you sing one song, it's like, let me sing about four others and I'll be at my peak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just warming up. But yeah, but it's you know, fun. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a great experience to actually get on the radio and sing and. Excellent. Our little intimate room. It well. is our laid back intimate room. Yeah, Sound I'm, great. I'm digging it. Mm. Now, Leah. <sighs> Leah. Yes, the last time that you played a song for me, you wrote for my father for his 60th birthday and had me crying like a child. Yeah, you're blubbering like a baby. Yeah, <laughs> I was. It was a very emotional experience. There actually wasn't one person in our backyard that wasn't crying that night or that day. Um, so what are you going to sing for us today that hopefully I'm not going to blubber like a baby <laughs> I, too? I don't, I don't think you'll cry. All right, cool. <laughs> um, this one is called uh, No Harm, I guess. Yeah, all, all my um, tracks at the moment. Um, uh, I'll just tell the whole story. Yeah, go. Yeah, 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 that's, right. okay. that's what you're here so for. So about um, five months ago, I had a complete mental breakdown. You did. I, I did. It was. I don't do things in halves. It was not at all. Pretty fucking epic. Anyway, <laughs> it was a great coffee date we had during that. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god, it was insane. And um, yeah, so I ran around just trying to fix myself, and. Um, then I ended up in hospital with probably a stress-related popping of an ovary or yep. something like that. Anyway, yep. it was quite, it was pretty bad. Anyway, um, so I ended up in bed for a month and a half recovering and trying to do very little. So I started writing this album and, yeah, it just came out so easily. Yeah. And um, then at one point I decided I needed a cello and it was cheaper to hire a cello than it was to get a cellist. <laughs> So since I since I've been in Melbourne last, this is a new thing. So when did you actually pick up the cello, Leah? <laughs> About two months ago, two, two months and a half ago. months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it. very. I'm very. Apolo- I'm a very apologetic cellist. There's no need to be apologetic. <laughs> we can't wait to hear you. Anyway, so this is one of the songs off the album, and it's called No Harm. Excellent. Thank you, guys. This is Leah. <laughs> If you want a good girl, keep her for a short time. And if you want a longer, she can make her words wise. She means no harm. Try to tell that to the harm done. If you want some answers, she'll reply so sure. 
excuse and explanation, but the two amount to zero. She means no harm, but try to tell that to the humdun. She means no harm. Try to tell that to the humdun. If you want to be the man to bring this woman home, you better have a good heart and a solid backbone. And if you want to be the man to bring this woman love. Bet I have a good heart and be made of the right stuff. If you want a lover, she's a whole airman one, sultry vixen, sweet little sugar plum. She means no harm, but try to tell that to the humdun. And if you want to be the man to bring this woman home, you better have a good heart and a solid backbone. And if you want to be the man to bring this woman love, you better have a good heart and be made of the right stuff. If you want a good girl, keep her for a short time. And if you want a longer, she can make her words wise. She means no harm, but try to tell that to the humdun, the humdun, dun, the humdun, dun. Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> you get me every time right in the heart. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was absolutely beautiful and so interesting to see you play a different instrument now. Um, so, Leah, what can we ask you a question about? Um, you've got two beautiful children. I do. <laughs> and they really are beautiful. They're the cutest little things. One of them is a mock parrot at the moment who copies everything that I say whenever I meet her. Yes. And the other one... Remember, um, it's flattery. Not, it is. Not annoying. No, no, no. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. And, um, and the other one has just started school. She has. She has. So you got yes. a bit of free time during the day there. Not really. Not really. No. <laughs> How do you um, juggle... Well, at the moment, I guess you're relaunching yourself with the cello and, you know, doing new things. You've put the album out quite a while ago and yeah. you're thinking of putting the new album out at some stage in the future? Yeah, I'd say it'll be out by the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's all been written. It's just got to be rehearsed. We're recording it live in a church, so yeah. it's gonna we'll smash it out pretty quickly. Yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you juggle doing all of your music and everything with having two little mm. ones? 
I guess I have really no expectations of all at all of music. I just feel really lucky to get up every now and then and perform, and I really like working with other people. Um, yeah, and it's just fun. So it's not, it's not. Um, I don't put a huge amount of pressure on myself for it to be successful, which uh, allows me to keep it fun. And actually, my two kids helped me write a lot of this album. Um, Directly and indirectly, but um, they've got a little play piano and also some ukuleles and they both sing harmonies. So often I'd get them to sort of play a little um, hook while I, you know, yeah. strummed my cello. And uh, yeah, they were really helpful. That's <laughs> very awesome. cute. Are you yes. going to record them on the album at the church? Um, probably not. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> it's we're, your time to shine. We're, um, we're recording from midnight till 5am in the morning yep. because a tram goes past and Ooh, we don't really want the yep. tram to feature on the album. It's very so. Melbourne though. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe we'll get one tram just for Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Now, Jane. Yes. X Factor. Mm. Let's have a chat. I'm sure everyone's interested in it. So can I ask you a question? Yes. And I didn't tell you this before we went on to air. The day that you tried out for X Factor, did it happen to be the day that the footy was on next door? I don't know. And Essendon were playing Footscray because I do believe that I was in Melbourne. It was round one and I was embracing my butch side with my girlfriend (laughs) at the footy and I had to park the car and I went past the X Factor auditions and I do believe I actually saw you out the front. Oh, well, there you go. Was it a Saturday? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, look out. (laughs) Talk talk about the stalker. (laughs) (laughs) You've actually been planning this show for years. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny because I walked fast and you know everyone all the lesbian women out there know that you have a gator yeah, and oh, I saw totally. you and I walked past and I'm like get gay on the X Factor. Yeah get yeah. gay on the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> we represented this year speaking of X Factor yep. and gay there was a whole good bunch of us in there yep. you know representing. That's so that, but that's not the reason why you went on. So why do you decide to embrace this whole sort of live reality TV show okay. type thing? Such um, a different experience. Oh absolutely. It? Yeah. Especially being a, a singer songwriter. Yeah. Um I had when I was back in Kyabram, I was teaching at a studio called Dilmac, and you know the the kids are they're so gorgeous, and you're sort of all that they've heard and and whatnot, and they were all like, "Oh, why don't you go on? You know, why don't you go on the X Factor? Why don't you go why on, you on Idol?" <laughs> yeah, and and I got that for ten years. Yeah. You know, so as soon as Idol came out, it was every year. It was like, "Oh, have you thought?" You know, and it even got to the point where my parent, my dad, was like. I'd give you 500 bucks if you just tried. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they'd watch the show year in, yeah. year out going, oh, Jane could be up there, blah, blah. <laughs> so realistically, I think when um, – and the producers asked me this, why did I do the show? It was for everybody who ever thought that I could. Yeah. Um, it was also for myself and everybody who ever thought that I couldn't. Yeah. Because mm. there has been such a stunt in my music. Yeah. Trying to find out who I am and not um, getting out there and touring that with that and then suddenly re- realising that's not me. you got to reinvent know. yourself, so I sort yeah. Of, kept really disclosed for a yeah. long time. So I decided that um, I'd have a go, you know, and lo and behold, I honestly didn't think that I'd get to the point that I did. And I think that's because I went in there with no expectation. Yeah. It was sort of like, yes, I'll go and audition and now you can all just back off and leave me alone. <laughs> dad, where's my um, 500? <laughs> yeah, which, yes, Dad, where is my 500? Um, and my girlfriend was just really supportive, you yeah. know, and was like, I know that you actually want this and I'm not going to let you 
not go. So the yeah. morning of the audition, I was still like, I'm not going. Yeah. She's like, yes, you are. And that was actually held at the Mooney Valley Race Course. So there's, yeah. there's three auditions before yeah. the one that you saw me out yeah. in front of, the one that's in front of the judges. Um, and, you know, it was so yes, there's three, yes, yes. there's almost three rounds before you get to yeah. the judges themselves. and that's wow. producers. So you go executive producer or pardon, producer, executive producer, maybe there's two. It's all a big blur now. Yeah. Um, and then you get the call back saying, yes, you've made it, you're on this day. And so I got that and was a little bit over. Oh, actually, you know what? I was stoked that I was going to meet a Spice Girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the honest truth in it. I was like, yeah. That was a scary Spice Girl. Scary B. Spice, yeah. That you performed in front yeah. of, I believe. Yeah. So, and, and like that was rad, you know, sort of stepping out there and having them all sort of look at you like, oh, what are you going to do? And, yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm singing Adele rolling in the deep and – Big song. Yeah, Guy Sebastian, that's what he said, yeah. and, and rolled his eyes sort of and went, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you've set yourself up here. <laughs> and then I just sang it. And, you know, just being on high sense for that two seconds and, and the crowd, you know, the noise yeah. and the, the change in the judges' faces yeah. and then mm. the, the comments after that was just something that to date will be the most special thing that's happened to me. I know it's not the avenue that I wanted to take with my yeah. music, but when you have people like Mel B and Ronan Keating yeah. telling you things like, why aren't you signed and yeah. you're my kind of girl and, yeah. and really embracing who I was and not just looking at me as someone marketable. Mm. That's right. That was that was special. Yeah. You know. Now, did you tell the producers were you open about your sexuality? Yeah. 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 I need to commend you on that. Um, a, a, a long time ago, I don't know how old you are. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. All right. So there was this chick around Marie Wilson quite a few years back. I don't know if you remember her. She was pretty big in Melbourne. Did she sing the bitch song? Uh, no. Oh, no, that shit. was Meredith Brooks. Um, <laughs> Marie Wilson, look, she did the gay circuit for quite a while and she was a gay woman and then she made it commercially and she um, pretty much dissed the gay community and wasn't very open and honest about who she was because it you know, it wasn't the thing to do back then. So mm. I'd like to commend you on that because I think there's a real change in music with gay women actually being able to say, hey, I'm gay and I play. Mm. Is this and <laughs> it, got, That was on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> and is this a big issue for you? Like does it feature in your music? Does it feature in like your musical career where no. you're going? And I think that's a boundary that I'm trying to break down is that it's not – I'm not – gay and then Jane. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm Jane and I'm a singer-songwriter yeah. and being gay is just a part of who yeah. I am. Just like it, no one introduces himself as I'm Fred, I'm, I'm straight. Yeah, You know what right. I mean? That, yeah. that doesn't happen. That. Yeah. So, and the producers really tried to, oh, you know, Jane, you're openly gay, so how was Play that? Play on the gay town? factor. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, it was rad, you know, everyone loves me back there and it's not. So yeah. they couldn't get the things that they wanted. They yeah. couldn't. They couldn't find a story within me being gay because yep. I don't what, think it what is kind a story. Of, what, what kind of story would have been more marketable to them, like angry lesbian? I think yeah. so. Okay. You yeah. know, or I don't know if, if they wanted to see the hardship to see that gay people still struggle. And I understand that there is a, a you know, yeah, definitely that happens, yep. but we've got to normalise this. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that taking it in as a tag of who you are yep. was – anything that had anything to do with me singing. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm openly gay. I'm going to talk about my girlfriend. I've yep. got my parents and my, everyone who loves me here. Yep. It's just such a, it's such a small, small part of who I am. Yep. And so I didn't want them to hone in on that. Isn't it funny that it's such a small part to you but such a big part to everybody else? Like well, people yeah. that aren't used to the, having you know, it. Yeah. It's like I, just, I just don't think that my sexuality has got anything to do with Well, music. it doesn't affect the way that you sing. No, that's right. I mean, unless I was getting up there and having like a real – Butch go at you know yeah. like peaches a bit dirty and yeah. God I no, love peaches <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's not that's not my angle and like I said yeah. it's such a small part of who I am yeah and it's a massive part of my, I'm in the community obviously yeah. but I just don't think it needs to be oh she's gay 
Look out. You don't want that to be the reason why, you know, people come to see you. You know, I want them to like my music and then I want them to appreciate the honesty in who I am, Yeah, I think. That's fantastic. Well, Farine, we might cut to one song and then come back and um, have another song from Leah and finish up. Excellent. Hi, welcome back to this topic. That was a little bit of uh, In the Air Tonight by Bertie Blackman, original by Phil Collins. I was in the middle of telling a really funny story about it. But um, <laughs> we've come back because Leah's going to play another song and we want to just have a quick chat with the girls. Um, it's time for Dear Dystopical, which is Farine's favourite part of the show. <laughs> Cat and I cringe every time we do this. No, no, really. I, I actually quite like this part of the show. Cause it kind of, I always used to, when I was, you know, young, read the, you know, the agony out columns in... Dolly you know, Doctor. In, in whatever. And, yeah. and this is just kind of our version of that. But there, there usually isn't that much agony, to be honest. Like, So our question... Our question is... Do you want to do it or do you want me sure. to do it? Sure. Go on. Um, if I were a young queer or not queer necessarily musician trying to make it out um, in, in the world, what would I do? You know, where do I start? Go, Jane. 20 seconds. All right. Well, first of all, the internet is a great way to get stuff up there. But for your own self, I think stay true to who you are. Don't don't try and conform. Don't try and be another artist. Don't worry too much about what you are and what you're not. How do you figure out what your style is? Well, you know, that's you the journey me. of music yeah. for him. That's, that's exactly right. Mine keeps changing. I yeah. wish it would stop. Actually, <laughs> just like settle into itself. But um, go yeah, go. I know it could sound corny. Just go with your heart. Go with what you feel. Mm. Yeah, good advice, Leah. Twenty seconds. I reckon um, listen to as much music as possible. There's so much good music out there, and it really, you know, if you're not sure what your genre or style is, you know, um, it, it completely influences you. There's so much good music. There's so much good poetry. There's so much good um, literature out there, and I think just educate yourself. There are libraries and libraries, and the internet's full of good songs and great songwriters. So yeah, listen to good music, and it will influence your own. Are you happy with that, Farina? I think that, I am. This topic? I think that was pretty good. They did Great. well in their 20 seconds. I was really favorite. nervous. I thought you were going to actually ask an agony aunt. <laughs> like someone had called up and been like, there's this I told you weird thing in my underwear. <laughs> I don't know. That was two weeks ago on the female orgasm. <laughs> We try to keep it relevant and answerable oh, for, right, our, right, yeah. for our guests. All right, so, so Leah, what are you playing for us? Okay, uh, this song's called Miss Jane, and it's um, a reference to Miss Jane and Mr. Squiggle. Cause, um, oh, I love that show. It's about me for a minute. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny that you're here. Uh, yes, because my uh, boyfriend said to me one day that he feels like Miss Jane or Mr. Squiggle dragging me down by the ankle because I'm always going off on my crazy highs. So, um, you so cute. <laughs> Hi, Cameron. <laughs> and this, oh, I shouldn't have introduced. Yeah, okay, whoops. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Say you feel like Miss Jane dragging me down by my ankle again. You say that I ricochet from the blackest of night to the brightest of day. And oh, oh, it does look wonderful where you go. Oh, oh, it does look wonderful where you go. 
You say I speak in superlatives. The greatest love, oh, you're the best man I know. He is the sweetest joy and the wildest woe. And I admit it looks pretty good at the height of it. I admit that I wouldn't mind a little taste of it. You say once I simultaneously injected speed and heroin. I fear you feel like that daily, and that kind of crazy is damaging. Cause in the deepest of wells, oh, when the pain's finally felt. I see you when you don't look so well. Oh, please take your pills. <laughs> you say you feel like Miss Jane, dragging you down by your ankle again. You say I feel like Miss Jane, dragging you down by your, dragging you down, dragging you down by your ankle again. That was, <laughs> I couldn't help but laughing funny. in the middle of that. Sorry, because I've known you for a while, and that's a very good song, Leah. Yeah? See why my boyfriend doesn't like <laughs> the song very much. It's a bit incriminating. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to call it a wrap, but thank we you are. guys so much for being on the show. It's actually been really, really loved to, lovely to have you both here. It has. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, Sharing advice, for, all of it. For everyone out there, we'll have the girls and our contact information on the Dystopical site on Facebook so that you can get in contact with them if you are interested in having them play a gig or anything and look out for them in the future. Thank you very much, Fantastic. girls. Thank Th- you very much. That's right. And next up, um, stick around for White Noise with TJ and Keza. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.